friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope everyone is having an absolutely terrific, blessed day today, as always, and thanks for joining the show. Be sure to check out the website if you need anything, healthmasters.com, with the product of the week, the zinc glycinate on sale. Y'all voted. It won. Check it out on the website at healthmasters.com. And I got to thank everybody for continually giving me updates about certain things that are going on around the country and our listeners and our customers that come and visit. Yesterday, I had a couple from Canada, really awesome couple, stayed and talked to them for a while. They were been traveling around certain parts of the world, and they basically stopped by the office, want to say, hey, grab some products, talk for a little bit, hang out, and uh, really sharp, really educated. And they were talking to me about what was going on in Canada during COVID and how crazy it was and a lot of the things that he was going through as far as in the Canadian military up there. And I don't want to disclose a whole lot of it because I don't have permission to, but it was interesting as I was very happy as he told me. He said flat out he stood his ground with that, was able to actually end up getting a um, a discharge honorably from the military, basically for a, you know, a medical instead of basically getting dishonorable. And she said they were flat out kicking people out of the military, just like here in the United States. You don't get the shot. You don't obey orders. You're basically getting a dishonorable, which anybody knows it's not a good thing to get when you get out of the military. It will affect you the rest of your life. And uh, it was sad, though, because he was saying, you know, spent all this time in the military and he was in infantry and he did multiple tours and then turning around and having the government just look at you and be like, all right, peasant, you get this RNA experimental shot or you just don't, don't, don't stay here. We're kicking you out. Just trash. And I mean, they, they did that to so many service members around the whole entire world. And it was sad to see that. And then now we're looking back at this and everybody's kind of going, well, did this really actually happen? Because now what they're trying to do, these globalists and a lot of these talking heads, they're continually trying to actually come in and rewrite history on how they said it. We were talking yesterday. I was talking to him about how Trudeau, how Trudeau blatantly got on television multiple times and talked about how anybody that does not get the shot, they're not going to be able to travel. They're going to have to have a vaccine passport to go anywhere to travel in between the different territories and all this other crazy stuff. You have to quarantine every time you come back. You have to get the shot, and it'll help you get in faster. And then turns around a couple weeks ago and says, I never told anybody they had to get the shot. I never told anybody it was mandated. They had to. And I never said that at all. The same way Fauci's coming in now and saying, we don't need to play the blame game, guys. Verbatim. We don't need to play the blame game. We just Everybody just needs to calm down and realize, you know, we were just doing things on the fly. But back to 2021, when he comes out and says, I am science. If you don't trust me and you argue with me, you're arguing with science. And this is what they continually do on a regular basis is they lie. They push a narrative. And then if it doesn't go the direction they want, they turn right around and just completely and totally rechange what they said, even though everything they said was a complete total lie. They try to pretend like they didn't say it. There was a clip, another one that basically I heard and a dad played one the other day. And I've been getting more and more clips now. People have been sending me emails of news media talking points and how insanely aggressive, I mean, and, I mean, inciting violence essentially towards anyone that did not go along with the shot. And here was another clip. I'm going to play it right now. You guys can hear it. I I do this to remind everybody that this was not okay. This did happen. And to make sure nobody forgets this, listen to this right here. Anti-vaxxers, they seem to have a thing for death and home remedies. The anti-maskers turned anti-vaxxers are not just putting their own lives at risk. If that was the issue, we could just say that 
We can watch them compete to win place or show in the Darwin Awards. We have to start doing things for the greater good of society and not for idiots who think that they can do their own research. And don't get me started on the lunatics who won't take any of the COVID vaccines. Life is too short to be an ass. Life is way too short to be ignorant of the promise of something that is helping people worldwide. Oh, you can't shame them. You can't call them stupid. You can't call them silly guys. Yes, they are. Those who are not vaccinated will end up paying the price. The unvaccinated should be taxed. Uh, They should pay more for health care. We need to start looking at the choice to remain unvaccinated the same as we look at driving while intoxicated. Americans are asking, why do they hate us? I mean, you can't even make this stuff up, guys. I mean, we need to start looking at people that don't get vaccinated as the same as people that drive intoxicated. Yes, they said that on national television repeatedly. Yet now we're coming to the conclusion, as we have the entire time on this show and many other people now are finding the same conclusion, that every single thing we were told about the shot was a lie. And it never was about protecting anything as far as from the virus or people from SARS-CoV-2. It was simply a bioweapon. And that's what Dr. Yeaton said, who was the former executive of Pfizer. He blatantly has come out now and said that, is that the shot was the bioweapon. There was no SARS-CoV-2 isolated ever at the very beginning phase. So again, this is why it is so important. Everywhere around the globe, continue to encourage one another and continue to lift one another up, especially people that are in the same situation or similar, to encourage them to stand up and speak the truth about what's really happening. Also, too, in other news, this is something that I thought was interesting as well, something that they said Target now, as we brought up yesterday, is removing their Satan Pride products, but they're not removing any of their LGBTQ community products. Uh, Apparently now, too, they've brought in a Satanist demonic clothing line as well about Satan Pride. It just takes them another step further how much (laughs) you really don't want to support Target. But they're saying, well, maybe that was a little too much. We're going to move the pride section back to the back of the store, and we're going to remove all the uh, Satan Pride products out of that group as well. Guys, do what you want with your own money, but really make a firm decision if you're going to support companies that are this blatantly disrespectful to Christ and freedom and children. And I mean, golly, you can't even make this stuff up with Target. I mean, they just keep sticking their foot in a giant hole and then trying to pretend like they didn't do anything. It's nutty with this. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting now. A landmark data collection ruling over in Europe now just won a record-shattering $1.2 billion euro fine against Meta, the parent company of Facebook, by Ireland's Data Protection Commission in order to stop transferring data collected from Facebook users to the United States in breach of European data protection laws. According to the body decision, the company failed to adhere to its 2020 decision by the European Union's highest court that Facebook was sending data from all of its users to the U.S. <laughs> and it was not protected whatsoever from American spy agencies. It was noticed that the EU decision is on top of an ongoing 725 million euro class action lawsuit packing hundreds of millions of users from May 07 to December 2022 as Facebook stands accused of making users' data available to third parties without their permission or consent. Now, if you guys have listened to the show for years, you know this is nothing new 
whatsoever. This is just more fines. This isn't going to hurt Meta one bit. They are directly funded by the deep state. A lot of the money they get, a lot of the support they have is continually brought in by the deep state. And so this is one of those things where you look at it and you kind of go, well, why is this happening? Well, it's happening out of consent and it's happening because people put their information out there. I have told you repeatedly before, be very cautious what you're putting on social media. Be very cautious what you're putting out there and putting information out online. Pretty much if you don't want it to be public for everybody to see, be cautious about displaying it anywhere whatsoever. And that's why I've said before, if you're having a private conversation, if you're going somewhere and you're talking to somebody about something that you simply want private, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever – you know, leave your phone somewhere else. Throw it in the car. Throw it in one of the basically the uh, like the defender shield bags or something like that. Because this is not what people think it is. This is going way further, as it was talking about here in this lawsuit, that all this information was being made available to third parties. I mean, everything, all the way from your location on your phone, because Facebook has that when you give them permission, your voice, your text, your photos, your camera. Everything is made public that's on your phone to Facebook through Meta and is able to be sold to third-party suppliers. And those third-party suppliers can basically transfer it to all types of other agencies like the CIA and DHS and NSA and can monitor every single thing that is on your phone, not just what you look at on Facebook everything on your phone. So just be aware of that. And my workout partner, he was talking to me. He been looking at uh, ordering a Camaro as the last year. The 2024 Camaro will be the last year. And he was looking at one of the track models and stuff, and he was asking me, he goes, what do you think you know, these cars are going to do later on? I said, well, they're going to be in collector cars, bud. I said, the fact that starting in 2025, the Camaro is going full EV, not hybrid, not we're putting a V8 or a V6 turbo with a hybrid system. No, we're going full-blown retard EV on Camaros, period now. This is how stupid the entire industry is going because they're being pushed and funded by the deep state to go along with this technology that, A, is not sustainable whatsoever, does not prevent pollution whatsoever at all. I've gone into detail about the amount of emissions just from moving 500 tons of earth to try to make these batteries and the amount of time it takes to drive these cars to actually reduce any aspect of emissions. I think what I told you before on that one article, it said you have to drive an EV car for 70,000 miles just to become the same amount of pollution that a Volkswagen produces. Meaning it takes 70,000 miles in an EV car to try to offset the pollution of building that car to what it does of just having a Volkswagen diesel jet or some of these other cars they make. This is because it was never about pollution. It's never about climate, and it's never about the concept of actually being green. It's about having the ability to control and monitor. And I told him this. I said one of the biggest things that nobody has discussed, and they've already brought this up in backdoor deals and very subtly, but they've made it very clear this is what's going to happen. I said it's because they cannot successfully do it right now. I said it's about more taxation and more theft because taxation is theft. And I said, right now, if you drive, say, 10,000 miles a year, I said it's very difficult to put any type of tax on that actual miles. Now, they already have tax on tires, DOT taxes, tolls that we pay, registration, sales tax on your vehicle, and the list goes on. There's already a laundry list of taxes just to operate a vehicle. I said, but the next phase is they have to figure out how to steal more money from people based on how much they drive, and it's virtually impossible to do that. You can't send somebody out to everybody's vehicle every single year and read their odometer. 
It just doesn't work. It's not logistically possible. Even a lot of the newer vehicles that are gasoline-powered, even with all the technology, it still is virtually impossible to try to monitor that. Well, with EV, and you're dealing with Tesla, that's consistently connected to a 5G cloud 24-7, 365, can do updates, monitor, readings, control, reductions, restrictions. At any point in time, those cars can be stopped with the flip of a switch. They can go in and say, oh, no. It's been reported on your 5G cloud Tesla platform that you drove 10,967 miles last year, and so we got to charge you at least a minimum of a dollar a mile on that, buddy. It's just for your protection and safety. I mean, you want to offset the climate change, right? You want to go ahead and protect the earth, so you know you you owe you owe you owe an extra eleven thousand dollars in taxes this year based on your driving. And it's not going to happen next year. That's not going to happen in a couple of years. They're going to roll this out very, very slowly, and it's going to come out, and Congress will approve it. I've already talked to people about this. What they're going to do is it's going to come out, and it's going to be like a one cent or half a cent tax per mile. That's what it's going to be. It's going to come in real subtle. So you drive 10,000 miles, it's going to be minimal as far as your taxes. But what they're going to do is they're going to say, oh, listen. We've just got too much climate change happening again. We've got to raise the tax. Now it's $0.10 cents a mile. Now it's $0.20 cents a mile. Now it's $0.50 cents a mile. And they will continue to tick it up, tick it up, tick it up, just like they have done with every other tax in existence until people basically can't afford to drive or travel freely unmolested on their way whatsoever. You've seen the perfect example of this, of what has happened with Income tax and multiple other taxes that they continually go in and raise taxes on tolls and raise taxes on this and raise taxes on that. That's where they're going with this, and that's exactly where they're headed. I saw an article now. They're talking about how older Americans are worried about the debt default, meaning Social Security checks won't go out. Well, if that's the case, then I guess we should be able to uh, stop paying Social Security on all of our payroll tax, right? Right? And we're not going to take it out of anybody's checks anymore, right? They're going to default on this. They're not going to pay the Social Security to the people that have paid in on it, we, we don't have to pay in, right, either? Oh, no, 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 no. You, you still got to pay in on that. So you, you guys are allegedly defaulting and not paying out Social Security if you default, but we still have to pay the tax in on Social Security. Please explain to me how that possibly works. This is on ABC News. They was talking about how this is one of the biggest things in the, the debt ceiling is they won't be able to pay their Social Security checks out. This is completely and totally a lie. This is 100% a farce, and this is designed to continually keep people in fear, and this is designed to try to justify what they're doing with Social Security as it is a complete and total blatant thievery from the very beginning. Once Congress realized they could tap into Social Security and use it as a slush fund and burn through the cash and put IOUs in it, that was the end of it. The entire concept failed on its head. And that's why now they're continually raising the rate. I mean, I think now, I think I was looking at it the other day because I was trying to do some research on it. I think they said you don't stop paying Social Security until like $165,000, 162000 Just up until like uh, 2019, you stop paying after like 122000 124000 Just continually going up higher and higher and higher and higher and higher as far as the amount they keep taxing everybody on. This is what they've done every single time they get a chance to do it. So that is where this is going with the EV cars. It's not just going to be about control and monitoring it. It's also going to be about more taxation, more thievery, and more push to control everybody everywhere they go at every point in time to take more money from them. So again, this is why I said before, I have not supported this industry. I will never support this industry. I will go as hard as I can, as long as I can, because this is one of those hills I will fight on because I know where this is going once people start giving up their rights and their freedom and their privacy based on the whole, you need to be green because you need to save the planet. 
If they cared about saving the planet, guys, when they're running their G7 conferences and they're going all around the world for their World Economic Forums, and you see hundreds of Gulfstream 700s and other types of massive private jets, yeah, when they give up those private jets and they start riding around in EV cars all around the world, they start flying commercial, uh, I'll take what they say with a little bit more grain of salt. But right now, I find it completely and totally assaulting and irrelevant that anybody says this is the realm we need to go in to be green. (laughs) What do you think, Dad? Uh, great opening, Austin, and, and you're right. I mean, why in the world are we listening to these clowns when they don't even practice what they preach? I mean, they don't do it. And, uh, you know, it was, it's what's funny is, you know, you were talking about Target again. And, you know, and I, and I, this, this morning I, I looked up who owns Target. I had a friend of mine, Caleb, who basically sent me some information on Target. And the top investors for Target is, I mean, you guys already know what the answer is. Number one is State Street. Number two is BlackRock. And, you know, and, and, you know, and, and so it's, and, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, number one is Vanguard. Number two is State Street. Number three is BlackRock. And, you know, that's why they're running the satanic agenda. And this is why, you know, and it's so funny to me too, Austin. You know, I talk constantly, you know, about the satanic agenda and how this world is being controlled by the Luciferian group. You're, uh, you're, you're a microphone that needs to be muted, Austin. And, and, what, and what's crazy about this is, is that it's this Luciferian group that worships Baal, Moloch, Asherah, and all the rest of these weird entities in ISOF, they run the planet. They've done so. Then we covered that on Angel Wars, and we told you why when Adam and Eve gave the control of the planet over to Lucifer. And, you know, but nobody else on these talk shows wants to do this very much. Now, occasionally somebody will, but nobody wants to talk about it. And then we need to realize who we are in Christ. And I talked about that yesterday with Joshua. And I'm going to cover that. I'm going to read that to you one more time. This is the fall of Jericho. Now, the Israelites 40 years late, 40, 40 years earlier had gone up there and said we were but grasshoppers to them. And they were scared, and then God put them in the desert for 40 years to get them all dead. To be honest with you, that's what he did, to get all the whole generation of unbelief out. Plus, he also to get that whole mess out of, out of Egypt. Because remember, the Egyptians had all those foreign gods all the time, all the time. Don't you remember what happened when he's up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments, and he comes down there, they're having a doggone sacrificial orgy to Baal, or to Moloch, or to Asher, or to Lucifer, or whatever, and they're sacrificing humans, and, and he says, whoever's with the Lord died. Remember, this is after God had already taken them to the Red Sea. He had already taken them with the pillar of fire, and all the rest of it, and they still couldn't stop worshiping their demonic gods. And, and so that whole generation basically died in the desert. And then they went back in again, and when they go back into the, into the fall, they go back to Jericho. Now, now I'm going to say this a little bit differently than I said it yesterday because I talked about freedom of will yesterday. I want to cover this one more time. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man. This man he saw was Jesus. Jesus was standing there incarnate in flesh, and he's standing in front of them, and, and Jesus had a drawn sword in his hand. In other words, that's not a good thing. you got a guy in full armor who's battle-ready, and he's locked and loaded. This is like he's got an AR-15 or a 308 or a saw up to his shoulder, safety off, fully chambered, ready to roll. This is a sword pulled and drawn in full body armor. This is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I talked about that yesterday. This is Jesus. And, and what's happening here was kind of interesting. Joshua walked up to him. In other words, Joshua wasn't scared of him because Joshua knew that God was with him. So Joshua walked up to him and basically confronted him. And he said, are you for us? Or are you for our enemies? And Jesus said, neither, he replied, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua freaked out. He had a, I guess he had a, you know, a real reality moment there, and he fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? Now, this, this was not an angel. Throughout the test of the Bible, when you walk, when you fall down, you start worshiping angels, they stop you, especially in the New Testament. They say, stop. I'm, a, I, I'm not God. Don't worship me. Don't fall down at my feet. Because they, they already know what happened to Satan. Because remember, Satan's fall was already before this. They don't want you worshiping them. They don't, they don't want to get into that same mindset that Satan was in and basically get themselves into a mess. 
though they're much stronger, much more powerful than we are. But he falls down. Now, when Jesus says this, he then says, the commander of the Lord's army, Jesus said, take off your sandals for the place that you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now, what's interesting about this is God, Christ, came in that physical body and talked to Joshua and told him how to take the walls of Jericho down. Now, remember, all things were being held together through Christ. Christ could have just looked at the walls of Jericho and said, you know, just fall. And they would just completely crumble right in front of him. He didn't have to march around the city, but he wanted to see the obedience with Joshua. And when, they, when Joshua asked him, are you on their side or our side? He goes, neither. Why did he say that? Why did he say that? Because God doesn't need us on – God doesn't have to be on their side or our side. We need to be on the side of God. He inverted the statements, what he did. In other words, he's saying, I don't need to be on your side or whatever. That means nothing to me. You're not my commander. You need to be on my side because I am God. I am Jesus. I am the commander of the heavenly host. Basically, I am who I say that I am, which is the great I am. So you need to be on my side. I don't need to be on your side. And so you need to fall and worship me. And then he goes, just to, just to draw an explanation point, he, looks, he says to Joshua, take your sandals off. Because your feet are unclean, you're unclean, and basically you're on holy ground because I'm standing here with you now. So that's the point we have to have as Christians. We need to realize that God doesn't need us on his side, but we need him on our side. That's the point of all of this. We need to understand who God is. We need to have reverence with him. And right here you see Joshua is walking unbelievably circumspectly with God, with Christ here. He's, he's scared out of his mind. Well, quite honestly, we found out who this was, the creator of the universe. He falls on his face, pulls his shoes off. Says, oh, my gosh, this is God. This is Jesus. That's the circumspect attitude that we have to have towards Jesus and towards God Almighty, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This is not a – God's our friend. He's Abba Father. He's our daddy. He's that and everything else. But listen to me, friends. He's still God. And the respect we have to have – this is one of the biggest problems that I have with the name and claim of churches – they want to come out and tell everybody, you know, God's a vending machine. Just start confessing this or confessing that, and God's going to give this to you. Now, God doesn't mind giving you stuff. He just doesn't want to have stuff having you. But it's not about him giving you stuff. It's about a relationship with him. That's what we need to understand. It's about a relationship with God Almighty. That's what I talked about in Angel Wars over and over and over again. It's not religion. It's relationship. You know, when you pray on an ongoing basis, and I pray for you guys all the time, and you pray on an on ongoing basis, you know, God knows who you are. He knows who you are anyhow, but the more you pray with him, the more you talk with him, the closer that relationship gets becomes to you. You know, it's like it's like a it's like a brat child. You know, you guys have all had brat teenagers, or most of you have, I know I have. And I, I remember, you know, when they're in college and stuff, you know, they every once in a while they may call you, they expect you to pay the bills. And you know, and sooner or later they start to, you know, get less and less phone calls and they start to let that relationship kind of lapse as they become relationships with other people and they, they as they build those, but they always have that relationship with you. But when you have a relationship built with your father and your mother, whenever you call them, they're always quick to respond to you. That's the same way God is. And see, it's the circumspect walk that he tells you to live and walk. He wants you to be what he wants you to be. He tells you that in the word. He wants you to walk with him all the days of your life. And, and we need to understand it. Remember on the cross? Remember on the cross? You know, the, you have, you have the, the one thief that's going to see you in paradise and follow Jesus. The other one says, to take us off the cross. That's the attitude there. The one guy was – they all they, – they both knew they were going to die. They knew that. One guy was basically asking Jesus to do something for him. The other guy was asking Jesus to be with him. That's the relationship. And he goes, today I'll see you in paradise. And see, this is the thing that nobody gets when they look at Christianity the way they should look at Christianity. 
We serve a mighty God, a holy God, a righteous God, a God who created the heavens and the earth, a God that is a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we need to learn to respect that relationship with ourselves and understand that God wants us to be in a relationship with him, but he wants us to respect him in the relationship. We don't, we don't control him. Are you on my side or are you on their side? No, 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 no. You need to be on my side, said Jesus. You know, you need to make sure you understand who you are and understand who I am. And then he hits the dirt and he goes, okay, pull your shoes off now. That's the relationship we have with God Almighty. I told you years ago that I, I had, basically I, I, was, I was praying and I was in my, asleep and, 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 and the Holy Spirit basically, you know, God pulled me up into the third heaven. I told you that story. And I was there in the throne room before God. And I remember I came back and I was soaking wet with sweat. I was shaking. The entire bed was wet. I had to get in the shower and dry off. I, I ended up basically having to put a towel, two towels down on the bed because the sheets were so wet. And I didn't want to wake Sharon up. And it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was incredible. It was like 12 years ago that happened to me. And it changed my life forever. And by the way, he spoke to me in German. Just thought I'd mention that too, which is my first language. And the crazy part about all of this stuff is that once you understand who God is and you see or have an experience like that, which I'm so blessed that I had that experience, you understand very, very quickly that he did create the universe. He does control everything, and he wants a relationship with us. And that's what we need to understand. That's why I always put Christ first on the show. That's why I always talk about Jesus. And that's why so many of you guys listen to the show on an ongoing basis because you say to me, you know, your show is different than other shows. You give us hope. I'm not going to sit here and paint some negative story for you guys and give you no hope. Are you kidding me? We have God Almighty, Jesus, the Holy Spirit on our side, and God plus one is always a majority. These entities that run this planet, they're so just absolutely angry, the fact that we have a soul and we're created in God's image. But when you accept Jesus Christ and you're sanctified by his blood, there is nothing they can do to you. Satan runs about as a roaring lion seeking those he may devour, but he may not devour you because you're sanctified by the blood of the Lamb. It's like a doggone you know, repellent on you. It's the blood's like this thing that completely drives things away from you. I remember years ago, I spoke to a man in a haunted house. I'm not going to go into detail with it, but this, this house, indeed it was haunted. I know that for certain. And, he, and he, they were telling me they had moved out of the house. And, you know, you think, oh, well, that kind of sounds like a creepy, weird story. Well, I'm just telling you it was a real story, and it really happened. And his wife was there talking to me, and they were standing in the house. They had moved out to a trailer in an orange grove and left this beautiful lake home. And I said to them, I said, the problem is you need to plead the blood of Jesus over this property. It's a repellent to these entities and these spirits that are in this house. And the wife started laughing. She's just being just obnoxious, to be honest with you. And I looked at her, and I said, you're laughing at the things of the Lord? I said, you know, we're talking about your house being haunted. We're talking about water turning on by itself in your kitchen. We're talking about your blinds opening and closing. We're talking about things running through your hallway that you have to call the police on all the time. They think you're nuts. And you're talking to me now, and you're laughing at me when I'm telling you about the things of the Most High God. And she, looked at me kind of, she got kind of quiet. And I said to her, I said, this isn't a joke. We're talking supernatural stuff here. I said, this is the reason I never go to scary movies. I don't want that stuff in my mind. I don't want to have it going into my, my eyes, into my brain. I don't want to see it. And I said, because this stuff is real. And she said, okay. And then I told them how to get the house cleansed and how to get the spots the spirits out of it. And then she said, basically, they they, they weren't they weren't joking anymore. They, they realized I was very serious. And what ended up, and what ended up happening is, okay, I'm going to back this off. I got to tell you the story that I lived in that house. I had lived in that house for five years. The same thing happened to me and Sharon there. 
I could tell you stories that would just curl your toes. Finally, we had spiritual warfare ministries come in with Butch Smith and, and, and you know, and, and Ken Curtis, and they came in, and they, I, I was unaware of how to cleanse the house, and we had the place anointed with oil, we had the blood of Christ spread over, and we got the stuff out of the house. So when I tell you it was real, and I saw some of the same crazy stuff that only happened to me once in my life living in that crazy place, it's real. Okay, so that's why when I tell you, don't read stuff that's going to give this negative imagery into your mind. Don't go to these movies. Don't go to these places. Don't do the things that you know you're not supposed to do. Don't be reading satanic literature. Stay away from that stuff. Don't be using Ouija boards. Stay away from all of that stuff. And if your kids start messing around with that stuff, take and put it in the dumpster and get it out of your house. Listen to me. This stuff is real. And that's why we have to understand something, that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against these entities and these other realms and these other dimensions. Always remember that. But we are sanctified by the Most High God. We have hope. We have faith in Jesus, who is the author, who is the finisher, who is the perfecter of our faith. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And we don't walk in fear. Over and over it says in the Bible, fear not, fear not, fear not. And fear is the absence of faith, which is sin. We can't do that. We've got to walk in faith and realize that it doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter how much they lie about the COVID shots and what they did. It doesn't matter what they tell you on the TV or the radio. It doesn't matter how much they hassle you, harass you. It doesn't make any difference. We don't walk in fear because we have power and love and a sound mind. And the same power that raised Jesus from the dead resides in you. Remember that. So I will never put you in a fear-based mindset on this show. We have complete authority over this mess. The problem is Christians won't exercise the authority. They won't take responsibility for it. They won't take and put it under their feet. It says that they're under our feet because of what Christ did on the cross. That's who we are. We allow them to ascend above us. And we get we get fear-based mindset. We want to believe that Donald Trump is telling the truth, yet he's still pushing an Operation Warp Speed. We want to believe that he's mar- you know managing the country from Mar-a-Lago because we're all scared of the people that believe that are, and they believe he's the only hope we have. Donald Trump is not Jesus Christ. He is not our Messiah. And we got to take our eyes off a of man and put them back on Christ the same way Joshua did. And we got to walk circumspectly with great respect and do what he tells us to do. That's what we need to understand as far as this fear-based mindset that so many people are involved in. That's why we talk about the perversion on this show and who these people are on an ongoing basis. We want you to realize that we don't have to be part of this. Give me a perfect example. This is crazy. You know, uh, the, the, the queers. I'm going to read you the article here. And this is what it says. The queers that the Dodgers, this is just absolutely nuts, you know, basically invite, you know, do it. They do a sick mock performance of Jesus on the cross. Now, now, people have been sending me these articles and they want to know why we haven't talked about it. But, you know, it, just, it is what it is. I mean, the Dodgers basically decided they want to be a bunch of, bunch of nutbags again and do a bunch of weird stuff. And the Gateway Pundit came with that article and, and you know, and they realized now the Dodgers got, a, you know, they, the Los Angeles Dodgers apologize. And they reinvite the anti-Catholic sisters of perpetual indulgence, the trans nuns, to the pride night. And fans have responded in great anger. The Dodgers have completely and totally lost it. I mean, completely and totally lost it with what they're doing with the, with the gay and the transgender stuff. And we need to understand that this stuff is not real, you know, as far as, you know, what they're promoting. It's all a sly of Satan. The Dodgers have become the Bud Light of baseball. <laughs> they bla- The Catholic vote has blasted the Dodgers for caving into anti-Catholic drag queens. You, can, you know, I don't even like talking about this perverted crap is all it is. The Los Angeles Dodgers have indeed proved themselves to be the Bud Light of baseball after backing down to the woke and reinviting the radical anti-Christian gay transgender group, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, to their pride night on June the 16th. 
Now that the Dodgers have reversed its decision to disinvite the hate group from its gay pride night after acquisitioning to Christians who were outraged that the group was set to get a community award at the game, Christians are again mounting efforts to denounce the team for inviting the LGBT group to the game. Catholic Vote is vowing to resume its pan- campaign to pressure the Dodgers to distance itself from the hate group after the team went groveling back to reinvite them to their June 16th game. After the, I'm sorry, this nauseates me, okay? I'm, I'm going to let you guys read the rest of it. I mean, but again, who runs the Dodgers? Who controls the Dodgers? And I guarantee you, I guarantee it, and you guys can do this for me, dig down deep and find out who controls the voting shares of the Dodgers because it's owned by multiple people. And you'll find out this is going to be another transgender-loving group that's probably a Kabbalist Luciferian who works and practices out of the Zohar, either high-level Masonic Lodge people or basically you, you know, these, these Kabbalist Luciferians. And, and this is what you have here. And this is the group. I mean, this is the Dodgers, for heaven's sakes. And now they're basically bringing these people in completely opposite to Christ. And we have to understand this is not just an isolated incident. I mean, it's not. This stuff happens all the time. Two field comedians, two female comedians went on the Joe Rogan story and told a creepiest story about a town owned by the Rothschild family in California. You know, you know, this is a crazy story. The center of the world, and I, I'm going to put this, post this story for you too. But all of this stuff is kind of strange when you look at it from the outside, but when you realize that the God of this age, Lucifer, has put a blinder around the hearts of the minds of the, b- 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 the people in the United States so they cannot believe and know the truth. Then you start to find out very, very quickly they're the ones who run the planet. And a lot of the national the, the, te- the technology that NASA has it, it came from the Nazis. I'm just going to we're going to do it. We're going to do a history lesson real quick to you too because I like I like mixing up the stories here and changing things. And, and I and I we have to understand that literally. There were thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds of secrets that were brought to the United States in October of 46 and 45 by, you know, the, the Americans that went into Nazi Germany. And this is an article, and you actually can hear the truth about this, from Harper's Magazine from October 1946. It's on page 329 if you want to look it up. And, and, it, it's, inter- and, it's, and it's interesting. It says, someone wrote to Wrightfield recently saying he understood this country had gotten together quite a collection of enemy war secrets. That now many are on public on public sale. It could be basically everything about jet engines. And then he starts talking about all of the different things that, that we have from the Nazis. And it was over 50 tons of information. That's paper now. 50 tons of paper. And he goes, moreover, the 50 tons was just a small portion of what is today undoubtedly the biggest collection of captured enemy war secrets ever assembled. And they talk all the stuff about talking about freezing people to death, about bringing them back to life again and how they did it back and how they froze people and brought them back to life. They talk about all of the stuff that they developed, all the engines, all the stuff they did with dyes and garments and engines and all the other stuff they had. All of this stuff, you have to ask yourself a question. Where did it all come from? Now, a lot of these German rocket scientists had extremely high IQs, and they were actually able to do a lot of things that were amazing. But some of the stuff they developed was crazy. You have to ask yourself, was this fallen angel technology because they had the Viril maidens that were locked into these guys talking about different things and different inventions, and they were actually drawing full diagrams when they went into this trance they, they went into. But we could do another whole show on that. They developed something called the diminutive, the diminutive generator. It was five inches across. It stepped up the current from an ordinary flashlight battery to 15,000 volts. It had a walnut-sized motor which spun at a rotor at 10,000 RPM so fast that originally it had destroyed all lubricants within the great amount of ozone it produced. The Germans had developed a new grease that was called chlorinated paraffin oil. The generator could then run for 3,000 hours. Now listen to what they did. A canvas bag on a sniper's back held the generator. His rifle had two triggers. He pressed one for – remember, this is 1940 technology. 
He pressed one for a few seconds to operate the generator and the night scope, the night vision scope, then the other to kill his man in the dark. This captured secret, basically said, was first used in Okinawa by the Americans to the bewilderment of the Japs. These guys could shoot in total darkness with night scope vision. This is where it originally came from. And he goes in addition to say that we got in addition among these prize secrets, the technique and the machinery for making the world's most reliable electric condenser. Millions of condensers were essential for the radio and radar industry. Our condensers were always made out of metal foil. This one is made of paper coated with a one 250 thousandths of an inch of vaporized zinc, 40 percent smaller, 20 percent cheaper than our condensers. And it's also self-healing. That is, if a breakdown occurs like a fuse blowing out, the zinc film evaporates, the paper immediately insulates, and the condenser is right again. It keeps on working through multiple breakdowns at 50% higher voltage than our condensers. To most Americans' radio experts, it was magic. So all of these technology and technological developments were coming out, including textiles and food and medicine, et cetera. I'm going to post this article for you guys to read. I don't have time to go through it all. But that's the kind of information that, again, the angels – in the book of Enoch, we're coming down and giving human beings and trying their best, I guess, at that point, not to break the rules of engagement, which when that happened, God decides just to flush the planet. We talk about this in angel wars, and we need to understand a lot of this technology. You think about it, Wright brothers. Wright brothers, you know, basically had a plane made out of, you know, bailing wire and, you know, and, you know, and paper and, you know, like a lawnmower engine on the back of it. And they got to fly 500 feet, you know, over about, a, over about 120 years ago. And then all of a sudden we come up with an F-35 fighter that can basically do a vertical liftoff and taking. We saw that over the other day when we went to the air show in Lakeland. I mean, the plane actually comes in and stops over the runway and hovers and basically turns around and does 360s looking at everybody and then puts itself down on the pad. So in a hundred, little over 100 years, we've gone from Wright Brothers technology to F-35 technology. No, I don't think so. And the F-35 technology is minimal compared to what they really have with the, with the, with the, with the ion engines that are, use anti-gravity technology and on and on and on. A lot of these things in these UFOs that we see flying around, these lights at night, guys, they are not from the Angel Wars. They are replicas that we have built by capturing the Angel Wars spacecraft and rebuilding our own spacecraft and creating interdimensional spacecraft that we have for ourselves now that defy the law of physics. All of this technology was brought to you guys by, guess who, the fallen ones again. And we need to understand something. A lot of this technology can be used for good, and a lot of it can be used for bad. But we need to know also that this technology is there, and it's being withheld from us. Austin was right. You know, the Camaro's coming out now, and they've, they've got basically, they're getting rid of the gasoline engine, and they're putting an all-electric engine in. That way they can have much more control over the population. In fact, they were going to completely eliminate the Camaro altogether. And I guess the Black Rock State Street and Vanguard people decided to throw electric engines into them and create an absolutely useless vehicle that can't go more than a couple hundred miles. I mean, it's, it's stupid. I mean, you, you, know, you, know what's, you know what's amazing to me, Austin, is that people will go in and they'll buy a, a car like this, an electric vehicle. And they don't think through what they're doing. They don't realize that every couple hundred miles, you've got to stop and spend 30, 40 minutes if you could find a place to plug it in. They don't realize. They, just, they don't understand that, you know, what things that happen to them. These are golf carts is all they are. They're electric golf carts that have nice interiors that have a couple hundred mile range, and that's it. That's all they are. And I, and I agree with Austin. The old hybrid technology that we used to have, in the, and I don't get me wrong, I'm not a Prius fan. I think it's the ugliest car ever built. It's, to me, it's just way too effeminate. But at least it had the technology that it would recharge its own batteries, and it, would, it could run on a gasoline engine if the batteries went dead. That's pretty good technology. It's not bad. I mean, it really is. 
But this new stuff that you have to plug in, like Austin said, you're going to have a bunch of taxes being slapped on you and everything else all the time. We need to realize that that kind of stuff is not okay. It's not okay. And, and we and we need to realize that if we continue to think this stuff and, and do this stuff, it's going to get it's going to go sideways with us as far as the country, the country, and as far as being able to travel freely and unmolested on your way. But again, you have to ask yourself a question: Isn't that what they want? Don't they want us in, in these little tiny apartments in these cities and these sanctuary cities that we all have to go to and, and act like a bunch of slaves? That's what they want. Another article says white theater goers are urged to stay away from an all black production. Wait a minute. So white people can't see a black movie now? The movie sets a poor and dangerous precedent, according to a high-ranking UK police official. The theater Royal Stratford East of London has said that the white visitors should not attend the upcoming production of Tambo and Bones in order to create a safe private space for all black identifying audience. They're not saying black audience, all black identifying audience, which is ludicrous to even say it that way, to attend a play which examines race relation issues in the United States. The so-called blackout performance of the play which is scheduled to take place in july is intended to foster a purposeful creation of the environment in which all black identifying audience can identify and experience and discuss an event free from white gaze according to promotional material associated with the production however festus akinboise the u.s first ever black police and crime commissioner has strongly urged the theater to cancel its blackout event so he's got some sense, apparently. Society is richer and stronger when we have an understanding of each other's cultures and the stories are shared and heard, he said in, po- in comments published on The Telegraph on Saturday. I believe the blackout concept runs contrary to this education and enrichment ethos. He's absolutely right. Why in the world are we being pushed to see color again? I mean, we took 50 years of this country to not see color anymore. And now all of a sudden we want to start seeing color again in England and the United States. and Everybody wants to get racist again. This is a direct result of what Obama did. It's nauseating to me. And the sad part about this is I wish Colin Powell would have been president. He's a good friend of mine. I knew him well back in the 90s. Of course, he died of COVID and probably died on remdesivir because he believed the lie of the vaccine. It's sad. I mean, Colin Powell is a good guy. I told him we sat back behind stage one time, but I was going to speak after him or he's speaking after me. I don't remember. And I remember we were talking and I said to him, I said, will you please run for president? I said, I would love for you to be the first black president of the United States. I said, you're a good man. You're a great guy. Everybody loves you. And I said, I will head your campaign up for the state of Florida and I will promote you. And I said, he goes, well, Ted, I really would like to do that. But the problem is my wife, Alma, is concerned that I was going to be assassinated. And I'm like, whoa, OK. And so so he didn't do it. And now he's gone. Now, he would have been found phenomenal. He was he was, a, you know, he was the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. I mean, he was a phenomenal guy. And but we had to put Obama in with Michelle, this this dude, according to Joan Rivers, that he was married to and just put it in her face that he's a transgender, that she's a transgender and he's gay. We had to choke it down as Christians. And a lot of Christians just laughed about it. They still don't believe it. But Joan Rivers, that she was a big mouth and she never lied about anything. I didn't agree with everything she said, but she always spoke her mind. Read the Watch the video on YouTube. She said that Obama was gay, gay and that we had the first black like, president was gay and that Michelle was a tranny, that everybody knew it. But that's what they choked us out on. And now they've got this theater goers, you know, basically now this isn't a movie. This is like a live theater presentation in England. They want to tell you that white people can't come to the presentations. Guys, all this is is creating division between blacks and whites. They want you to hate blacks. They want you to hate whites. They want you to hate Mexicans. They want you to hate everybody because they it's so much easier to take a divided people and conquer them because you develop hate groups that hate each other. And so your job is already done before you start the battle. I don't like him. And I've said this before. and I'll say it again. If I'm in a trench and I'm in a foxhole and I got 
globalists or Satanists that are coming after me and I've got an AR-15 or I got a, you know, a saw machine gun or, you know, an M60 or, you know, an AR, you know, or a 50 caliber Barrett, you know, or a 50 caliber belt fee Barrett. And well, they're not belt fed, but 50 caliber, you know, Barrett or a 50 caliber belt fed. And I've got a gay guy beside me who knows how to shoot. I could care less if he's gay. If I've got a black guy beside me, I don't care if he's black. If I've got Hispanic beside me, I don't care if he's Hispanic. If he's white, I don't care if he's white. I want somebody who knows how to shoot. So all they want to do is divide us. That's why they're putting all those transgenders into the military. They know they can't they, they know they can't carry a rucksack. You got a guy that's had his wanger cut off and he's basically got a gaping hole that's bleeding half the time. He's got an infection all the time, and he's now he thinks he's a woman and he's got to carry an eighty pound sack. He can't do that. He's already suffering with doggone infections constantly. He can't fight. Just just in case you thought I was gonna be politically correct, you'll see how politically correct that, that statement was. That's the problem they have, and that's what they've done to us. They've made us believe the lies, and the sad part about it is the lies are immersing us every single day because of mainstream TV and mainstream radio that people really don't listen to much anymore. But that's the truth of what we have going on right now with this satanic group that started in 1666 with 17 ZV to, bring the, to create an evil world to bring their antichrist in. That's the goal here, the third temple rebuilt, walking out on the Anastrite in the book of Thessalonians. It tells you that for, for, for this Satan character, this Antichrist, to come out and declare himself God. But we have a higher calling because we're led by the Holy Spirit, and we don't walk in fear, and they loathe us for that because we have been sanctified by the blood of the Lamb. Guys, listen to me. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ all the days of your life. He is our hope. He is our future, for he is the author and finisher and the perfecter of our faith. I love you guys. Also, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? You're spot on. That's exactly what the media does. The media has fueled 95% of all the fear, of all the race hatred, of all the propaganda. That's one of the most, the most, I should say, the most effective tools they have found over the decades is using the media to manipulate and lie. The thing about this is now is a lot of people are starting to wake up. I saw an article here earlier, and it was discussing the new uh, Rasmussen poll that found almost two-thirds of America – believes the media is truly the enemy of the people. This is what they said in Rasmussen report. The survey found that 59% of likely voters either strongly or somewhat agree with this statement. Among Republicans, the belief is even more prevalent at 77%. They said when they looked at this, is, is the media the truly the enemy of the people? And yeah, four, 59% basically said yes, they agree with this. And you know, <laughs> what's interesting about this is they're 100% factual. I've said this repeatedly. I've told you guys this for years now. The media does absolutely nothing except what they are told to feed to the population to control and run the narrative. I mean, just like during COVID, when every time you turn on any of the media to see what's going on, remember they had the big, the big casino roll number box on the side of the screen all the time. You know, red arrow up, going up, red arrow going down, numbers going up, percentages going up, cases every day. Then they, they have these this rolling number. I remember one time I went on there, and it was like 6,796, and it was rolling. It was rolling up like you, you see on a casino slot machine. And I remember looking at it, and I'm like, who's controlling this on the on the screen? I mean, we're just watching them. I mean, is somebody behind the scenes clicking every time there's a death? No, 6,978 deaths today. 607,900, you know, the numbers kept going up and up. And I'm like, who's controlling this? How accurate are these numbers? Who's verifying this? These numbers just rolling up like I'm watching a slot machine in a casino. Oh, well, maybe the number will hit 10,000 today. Oh, it hit 10,000. 
number of cases today. I'm like, what? Who's, who's verifying all this information? The answer was there was no verifying any of it at all. It was 100% controlled theater. It was designed to do exactly what it did. It's to continue to feed propaganda into the minds of the population so they'd be terrified. You literally had the entire – well, I wouldn't say the entire country, but a huge portion of the country that was so terrified – to even go outside or have contact with another human being from the soul, from the soul direct nature of the mainstream media television of what they saw on TV. 99% of the population never actually witnessed anything as far as with COVID. They didn't. Maybe some people sick here, some people sick here. The nurses may have been dealing with that as far as with the, with the resveratrol and the um, – uh, that was going on, not resveratrol, with the uh, remdesivir and the uh, – when they were putting them on the ventilators. Now, that was going on because they were getting killed. But as far as the general population, almost everything they were terrified from was the sole direct input from the television. Think about that for a second. The vast majority of people never had any type of direct contact with serious issues. People got sick. They got nasty. Some people got sick. Some people died. But the overall majority of the population was terrified based solely on what the media told them because the media said, be scared. And as Dad said earlier, it's very clear in the Bible, fear not. What are they doing to you? Always ask the question, what am I listening to? What am I looking at? And how is it affecting me? And is that okay? Am I continually watching the mainstream media every single night and wreathing my hands going, oh my gosh, the debt ceiling, it's, it's going to implode, everything's going to collapse tomorrow, and we're going to have an earthquake and a nuclear attack? Really? Guys, really? Don't you think that's exactly what they want you to be doing? They want you to be focusing on the fear. They want you to be focusing on the death and destruction and not focusing on Christ. Don't you think that's the overall goal to keep people distracted so they're more easily controlled? I've told you guys before, one of the most accurate lines in a movie ever watched before is in the first Hunger Games when he says one of the fastest, most effective ways to control the population is fear. You can control them through fear. You can pretty much control anything you want them to do, and you can make them do it, including making them fight to the death. In every district every year to pay penance, you know, for the revolution that they started. Remember the whole story of that? Have you ever seen it? It's a very intriguing film, especially if you watch it with an open filter and you understand what she was depicting in those books and what she was portraying with the United Nations and what they're planning on doing with districts and controlling and no transport. And basically you have the giant elite that are in the capital where they'd only be able to travel there by train and by plane, and everybody else were worker bees separated by districts and their own little areas that were isolated. That's where they're trying to put it, but it's only going to happen by consent, just like the shot was by consent. I did not hear one point. I did not see one point. I did not know of one single situation where I heard of somebody being arrested and handcuffed and strapped on a gurney and having a COVID shot injected in them against their will with them screaming, saying, I do not consent to this shot. I never heard about that one time. Could it have happened? Maybe. But I'm saying with the research that I have done and the vast majority of people I know, I never heard that about one time. I do know when I went to Walgreens to pick up my uh, prescription for ivermectin. I do remember when I got that, and I saw people standing in line with giant masks on their face, sometimes two and three masks, waiting to get the shot. 
and they'd be handed a note, uh, you know, a little one of the cardboard box uh, notepads with papers on it to sign and sign their name on it that they were consenting to the shot. I do know that, and I remember seeing that because nobody was allowed to get the shot without signing the form. Period. You had to sign it, and that's what they always make you do, right? They make you consent. They want you to go along with it, just like when you take your child to the pediatrician. They're not going to inject that child unless you give them your consent. They're not going to say, no, we're taking your baby from you. We're holding your baby down. We're injecting them with seven shots, and we're going to make sure we do this all without your consent while you're screaming and yelling, trying to fight us. They're not going to do that. You have to sign off on it. And the crazy part about it, what they have done now with these childhood vaccine shot schedules has been one of the most sadistic, manipulative, scientific debaucheries we've ever watched in human history. The reason why, my friends, why they do this at such an early age is they don't want the children being able to express the symptoms that they're getting. They want to make sure they get this stuff injected into these children at an early enough age that will continually affect them the rest of their life. It's designed to build a revolving medical complex door with these children so that they will stay in these, the medical model for the rest of their life. That's exactly right. That's exactly why they do it. They do not wait until – and it's funny because my, my Lana's told me this because you know, my, my wife, she was a missionary. Her parents were missionaries. She used to go down to Ecuador, and she got a whole host of shots before she went down there when she was nine. Now, she was you know, moderately developed as a child at that point, immune system, and she never used to have allergies, never used to have allergies. Got a whole plethora of shots before she went down there. She said she remembers specifically right after getting those shots, not only getting very sick for two or three days, and then suddenly she would go outside and have some of the worst allergies of her life. And they never went away. Sneezing, runny nose, eyes watering, choking up, can't breathe. I mean, horrific. And even when I met her, she was still having the same problem. They never went away until I started figuring out we had to detox her. We started doing the chelation therapy. We started doing the magnesium brain food. started doing the GHI cleanse. We started doing enormous doses of um, the turmeric force, which, by the way, is not something I'm giving you dose on that. You follow the recommendation on the bottle. But we experimented with it because she wanted to try that. And we've virtually gotten almost all of her allergies completely under control now by detoxing her body. Because when you start doing this, these six-month-olds and these 12-month-olds, and she read me a thing the other day. Somebody posted on Facebook. They said, isn't it ironic you have an extremely healthy baby? Baby's doing great. Baby's extremely healthy, starting to grow, feeding good. All of a sudden, go to the six-month shot. Oh, well, we got to give them a shot. Got to jab them. We jab them seven times. Well, this will make them healthy now. This will keep them healthy. We'll keep injecting them with shots. It'll make them healthy. Oh. Oh, the baby's got ear infections chronically now. That's fine. We'll give them antibiotics. Oh, their immune system's not functioning because it hasn't even been developed yet, and their whole body's shutting down with basically encephalitic shock. They're screaming all the time. Oh, it's totally fine. It means the vaccine's working. Oh, it's 12 months. You need to jab them again. It's time to shoot them up some more. We're doing this to keep them healthy. you got to remember this. Oh, ah, man, they're having constant ear infections. Get, get more antibiotics. Oh, their tonsils are swollen. We need to remove those. They don't, they don't need those tonsils, guys. They're not, they're not useful. They're swollen because – well, it's because the vaccine's working. We'll take them out. Oh, their adenoids are swollen now. Uh, you know what? We're going to hold and hack those out too while we're at after we put the tubes in their ears. You know, that'll make them healthy. Oh, it's 18 months, guys. You need to give them some more shots. The shots are working. Don't you understand? The shots are keeping them safe and healthy. It's further protection. Oh, they're sick again? Uh, they got RSV. Well, we'll put them on more antibiotics again because they can't breathe now. We start getting breathing treatments, put them on asthmatic medication. Do you not see what they're doing, everybody? Is it not clear to everyone when you watch this happen? Hundreds of times I have watched this happen. I have heard this exact story I just told you 
hundreds of times. Dad's heard it even more. I've personally watched it in friends of mine, and it's sad because you know why? That little baby, that little kid, he never got that option to say no. He never got the option to say, hey, guys, I don't – I don't think I really want to get this shot. I don't like the way I feel after I got the last shots. Please don't do this to me again. He never got that option. Why? Because they make sure they indoctrinate the parents and they dig the children in there. It's such an early age that the child can never express how horrific they feel after getting the shots. And they make them think this is normal behavior, that they do the shots for their safety and health as they get sicker and sicker and sicker and go on more drugs, more antibiotics, more stimulants, more asthmatic medication, more Adderall, more everything. And then they say, well, we're doing this for your safety and protection. Nothing about that shot schedule is for safety and protection. My children are walking proof of that. My siblings are walking proof of that. I personally am walking proof of that. So make sure, my friends, you do your own research. If you have kids, if you have family that have kids, please talk to them. If you have grandkids, please talk to your kids about it. This by far has been one of the biggest, most offensive lies we've ever watched done and perpetrated to these young children. And now they're starting it even further with now the transgender agenda right down the line, right down the line with what they're doing with the shots. So my friends, get the truth out there. That's why we do this every day. I appreciate everything you do and your support. Thank you for the emails. Thank you for the walk-ins and the listeners and the customers. We could not do this without you. And I say that with full sincerity. Healthmasters.com is sponsored by you. And this show is happening because of you. So thank you for getting the truth and making this bigger and getting everything out there. If you need anything, healthmasters.com. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, my friends. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.